Drive All Night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com slash songsoftoryamus. There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoryamus to help us continue to make high quality and Torytainment for you. I think that men have a real tricky time about being the muse. I think it's been, it has been, it's one of these, then it's, you know, there, there's that um, shifting, turning of the mirror. And yet, to be real honest with you, there were times when I was going, yeah, I'd like to be amused, actually. Hey, everybody. You're listening to Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. We are your hosts. I'm Ephraim Jr. And I'm David Anderson. And on today's episode, we're talking about Agent Orange from Tori's third album, Boys for Pele. Gotta tell you what I heard from Agent Orange, Mr. Suntan, Mr. Happy Man, Mr. I know the girls on all the Mr. Agent, yes, he's my favorite, and they don't understand, he's got palm oil fan. Hi, David. Hi, Ephraim. Weird. I know, because I realized that I introduce you as Eve, and you correct me, and then I get self-conscious. I'm like, it would be like if I started calling Dor Dorothy all of a sudden. Like, you've always been Eve to me, so I can't call you anything else. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. Well, then why did you just call me Eve, friend? Because I was giving it a try, and it felt wrong in my mouth. It felt wrong in my ears. <laughs> oh, disgusting. Oh, so, what a horrible <laughs> way to start this episode. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. How Good. are you? I'm well. I'm well as well. We are in a fight right now. I don't know if you know this. You and America. I? David and I are in a fight right now, and clearly David doesn't know it. I was going to say, it's so extreme, I haven't even recognized that that's happening. So we are in a huge, Tell me what I did. We are in a huge fight right now, David. We were just sitting on a couch. David said, do you like, did you watch The Connors? And I said, yeah, I hated it. I miss Roseanne. And he said, well, Roseanne was the worst actress on her own show. I couldn't even. I stand I'm like, by She was that. the glue that held that show together. Way in America. Well, God. I feel like our relationship is just like Boys for Pele. Apparently, there's a war going on, and I didn't even know. And when it's brought up, I'm like, war? What? Yeah. I don't what? know. What? It doesn't even register with me. Well, anyhow, we're back. We just released Not the Red Baron, and we're putting out Agent Orange. It's crazy. The song. The song's crazy. I know. What is it doing there? I the It just pops up. It's like, hi. <laughs> Gotta tell you. Though I'm excited to get to... The one track on the album that doesn't have lyrics. Printed. Printed. Right. In the booklet. Yeah. Where she's given us no help. And even the quotes are nonsensical. Right. And David, we were going through this episode before, how we're going to talk about it, And David just got so mad he threw the microphone down. It's like, these quotes are infuriating. I just, you drive me to it, Eve. I'm sorry. I get so mad sometimes, I, I but didn't I make don't this, mean it. I didn't make the quotes. That was Tori Amos. You, you hit print. <laughs> I hold you responsible. I did hit print. On this lovely document created by the lovely Shay Stymack, who is on our research team, and she did this episode. Shay, your research is wonderful. I couldn't even believe how many quotes she dug up about Agent Orange. I was like, okay, the notes are going to be one page long no she's got like eight pages here great stuff shay 
You're the best. Um, should we talk about who we have on today's episode? <laughs> Are you going to play a cricket sound effect here? <laughs> no, we've got people. <laughs> I want to say, before we get any further, but we did not get Joel Hopkins. Joel, the song was about Joel Hopkins. The song was written about Joel Hopkins, who was her bodyguard. And we tried and we tried, but in the end, it did not work out. We're tired of chasing men. If they're not interested, move on. I never expected Joel to agree to the interview, but... You never know until you ask. You never know until you ask. And we did ask, and we tried. And, and the answer was no. And the answer was, he will not do that. All caps. Get out of my face. No, it wasn't all caps. <laughs> it was very lovely. You may remember him from such tours as Under the Pink and Do Drop In. You may remember him from such statements as Get Out of Here and No, You Can't Have Any Front Row Tickets and The Meet and Greet is Over and Please Go Away, <laughs> at least to me. Different lives, Eve. Different right, lives. I guess so. If you were David, it's like, come through. <laughs> Father Lucifer, let me suggest it for oh. you. Would you like a margarita? Let me usher you to your front row seat. <laughs> it's almost Halloween. David's <laughs> wearing a pumpkin shawl. No joke. It's got jack-o'-lanterns faces on them. But funnily enough, you provided it. I didn't even have to bring my own Halloween shawl. The way he's wearing it, it's a shawl, but it's originally a throw blanket for my couch. I feel like I'm about to take the stage on Scarlet's Walk. Oh yeah, it does. Oh my God, the way you've wrapped it around your like your waist like uh -huh. that. It does look like, yeah, those cape wings. Totally. I'm going to do it like a goo-boo. <laughs> I can't take that day back. I love making jokes that only very small amount of people in the world will get. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. Like, we amuse ourselves. That's <laughs> the most important thing. Like a goo-boo. Like a goo-boo. What do you think of Agent Orange? Um, I haven't thought about it until now, so let's... <laughs> you made a very incendiary comment last week. I did? You said, and I quote, well, I'm not going to quote you because I don't remember. You said something like, I'd be perfectly fine if Agent Orange wasn't on Boys for Pele. Mm, that does sound like me. Yeah. Do you want to take that back? Do you want to apologize to Agent Orange now that we are on her episode? I, I would apologize if she? Is that the pronoun yeah, we're using now? all her songs are she. I would apologize if she was coming on the show, but since she's not, I don't feel bad about it. Well, this is her show. This is her time to shine this is her episode when's She's my holding time the space. when is it my turn in that pumpkin shawl you're already shining <laughs> <laughs> all right i would like to say thank you to our new patreon supporters if you want to support us you can go to patreon.com slash songs of where you can become a supporter today and we'd like to welcome to the family colin james morrison and christian milam hello and we'd also like to welcome heather spear hi heather hi everybody hi everybody <laughs> Anyhow, um, we would like to talk about something very serious for a moment. We were just informed of a GoFundMe for Nancy Shanks, who was diagnosed with ALS last year. You may know her as Beanie. You do know her as Beanie if you're in this community. And we want you, like us, to support this GoFundMe. It's very, very important. Um, Nancy Shanks, of course, Beanie, like David just said, um, who is the inspiration for so many of our favorite songs, Raspberry Swirl, Bells for Her, uh, Carbon, and God knows so many others that we probably don't know anything about. But if you want to support this GoFundMe, any donation at all is helpful. You can find that at GoFundMe.com slash ALS Relief for Nancy Shanks, and there's a dash between each word. So ALS dash relief dash four dash Nancy dash Shanks. So go there right away. Donate what you can. It's very, very important. Um, and hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to her in the near future. Mm -hmm. But thank you to Richard Handel for making us aware of this campaign. We are going to support it. And we hope you do as well. So with that being said, oh, I tell you, Agent Orange, there's a lot to do. Not really. <laughs> I mean, there's not. Um, anyway, so we don't have Joel, unfortunately, but we tried. 
But we do have Daniel Christopher Thomas. He was on our Prince episode, our Purple Rain special episode that we did mm. to honor Prince on the day after he died. He's a huge Prince fan, but he's also a huge Tory fan. And he's going to be on. He wanted to be on the Agent Orange episode. And I couldn't be more thrilled that someone wanted to talk about this and take the I pressure know. off I'm of us. I know. I'm so happy we have a guest. Oh, thank God. So he, we're going to get, we'll definitely get his take on it, but hopefully he'll give his take on the lyrics because no one knows what they are. And even though there's an official lyric printing, I've called bullshit. On some, yeah, me on too. But we'll get there. Um, we also have a segment we call Wine Down with Paul <laughs> Roy. So we're going to be winding down with Paul Roy Taylor in the middle of the episode. We've got a bottle of wine here. Oh, Feel so free excited. to join us. Get a bottle out now. Oh, it's our second episode of Wine Down with Paul Roy Taylor, and it couldn't come at a better time because I want to get drunk. <laughs> and fill time. <laughs> Yeah, and I need to fill time. <laughs> Whatever. Very... Also, I'm starting Pickle Watch for this episode. No, I don't have any pickles. How? Hang on. I'm watching. Should we play something? Like a game? Like a song? Oh, sure. Called Agent Orange? Why not? Let's, Let's get just crazy. It. It's Halloween. The rules don't apply on Halloween. Happy That's Halloween. Right. I do what I want. We'll be back. that the men are open to this. Some of the British men have just come come off of all the British press. And um, some of them come in uh, asking me why I'm so aggressive and why I hate them. And, and what they don't understand with this record is it's about incredible passion and incredible desire and in- incredible need and then love. Well, and uh, so, it. yeah, it, it, it's, it's all got to be in there if you're being fair about it but um it's a it's a fiery little record and i i just ask the guys to be open to it because sometimes i don't think that they know what happens when they hang up that phone and just go you know now is not a good time well tori i have a question to ask you with this album you put together do you feel that a lot of men feel that um maybe they misinterpret your aggressiveness for hate sometimes i think so um a lot of times I'm just so angry that I would let myself crawl. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and I don't think that guys really know how much women look to them. Look to them to reflect, um, being enough back as a woman from their eyes. I'm not talking about as a creative force or, mm-hmm. right. but I'm talking about, um, well, for me anyway, I would look to the men in my life to just feel like I was woman enough. That was a side of me that I really didn't feel confident. But, but yet 
yeah, that, that almost seems as though that in any relationship, almost the responsibility of both people to, to make them see those sides That's of each other. That's why it's a relationship, yeah. Yeah, but I don't think you're analytical when you're, um, you've got your vampire's license and you need to feed and his neck is there and you're like, I need what you That was from an interview on Q101 in Chicago on December 12th, 1995. Doesn't Stoli win Tori over by talking about himself in the context of being a drink with citrus in it? She's like, oh, you've given me a little Tori speak back to me. I respect (laughs) you now. Mm, Citrus. Are you like Stoli and Coke? I mean, are you... Yeah, Stoli eliminate more. I'm, I'm you know, a little more citrus than that. Fair enough. Oh, my God. I can remember listening to that I miss you, Stoli. Stoli, if you're out there, find us. <laughs> Stoli, you changed my life when I was younger. I'm just, I'm like the role of the female DJ here. I'm just like, right, right, right. I hate to keep you on track, but Agent Orange yes. appears on Tori's third album, Boys for Pele, as track 14. And that's it. And that is it. Mm-hmm. So when was the first time you heard Agent Orange? Oh, my God. My favorite question. It was definitely the first time that I listened to the album all the way through. You think I should have gone right to this song? Like, ooh, Agent Let's Orange. Let's find out what's going intriguing. on with Agent And no lyrics. What yes. is it instrumental? I thought it was so cool that the lyrics were, like, printed long ways. You know, you had to turn the book the opposite way. Are they all like that? I don't remember. The one I had. certain pages. Oh, is that true? I remember thinking how cool that was. Like, she went against the grain. <laughs> Whoever did her graphic design and layout. <laughs> right. Well, I had no concept of that when I was 12 or whatever. <laughs> I want to get the booklet out now. I think you're right, though. I think they yeah, all I go right. long ways, I, right? I have memories, David. They're burned in me forever. I have for memories. Time. Yeah. So, what do you think of this song, David? Well, we just listened to it when we were preparing for this episode, and it's not a song that I've listened to a lot. Oh, I listen to it a lot. You have? You don't have to brag about it. Well, because it's the first song in my Apple Music. So a lot of times if I accidentally turn off Spotify and I press play on the music, Apple Music will start playing. And the first song that comes on is, uh, 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 yeah. Uh, Agent uh, Orange, uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> and then I, like, it's a short enough song. I listen to it all the way through and then I go back to Spotify. That When's I the first time you heard this song? Well, I heard it the first time I heard the album all the way through. I don't recall how I felt about it, except for I had a fondness for it. I remember not hating it. I remember thinking like, oh, cute. What the hell is she saying? Nothing deeper in it. It's actually fascinating to me that she has talked about this song as much as yeah, she had. Yeah, it's surprising. Some of the more major tracks she's maybe talked about once mm-hmm, or twice, mm-hmm. but we have quite a handful of quotes here. But I wanted to go back to the lyrics for a second because someone actually asked her why the lyrics aren't printed in the book. And I have no doubt that in that moment, her eyes darted around and she was like, they're not. I better come up with something real quick. <laughs> or it was like a layout issue because of what you pointed out with the way the, the lyrics are printed and, uh-huh. and laid out. This is from Aquarian Weekly, February 21st, 1996. Lydia says, Lydia Dietz says, I noticed that the lyrics aren't included for Agent Orange. And Tori replies, they're not. And then goes on to <laughs> That's say, not what she says. <laughs> there are certain times when I wanted the listener to just lay there. With Agent Orange, I was hoping you could see this orange-bodied muscle man and give yourself a giggle so that we transform this being from a mutilated skin person to Orangina. It's the idea of becoming Tang, transmuting the chemical effect. You can't forget that happened. You can't forget the warfare. So, of course, there's that level. I just had to bring it in. 
I decided to bring it in as a muscle man. I love how many times Tori has said, of course, during press for this album. Of course. So I had to follow that, of course. So of course there's that level. <laughs> um, this is a quote from New Musical Express on the 16th of December, 1995. Tori says, I think happiness is when you can let yourself feel every emotion you want to at any time instead of just being a lying little fuck. People I see laughing all the time check for razor blades in their anal force underwear because it's just a little lie. What a what a world of extremes Tori lives in. You're either feeling every emotion or you're a lying little fuck. <laughs> That's it. Well, here's what I'd like to say about the, about the how you said the mutilated skin person transforms into orangina, something that can't hurt you. So here's what I think. And I have to believe the song has a place on this album on purpose. Like she could have put it on or not, and she chose to put it on, and there's a reason. And I think she's a brand new girl, right? She's dancing, learning, giving herself permission to dance, right? She's experienced compassion for the men. And immediately after experiencing compassion for these men who are swirling into the circles of hell in the fires because of the women, suddenly the men don't seem so dangerous anymore. Suddenly the men don't have the power to hurt her anymore. Where they used to be chemical warfare, now they're just Tang. Now they're just something sweet. And it's, it takes this idea of someone who can physically destroy you. A mutilated skin person is just her way of saying, like, he's a powder that can destroy you inside and out. But instead of being that kind of powder, he's just Tang. He's just something you sweet that you drink up. And they are like that to her now after Not the Red Baron. Once they've become full people in, her, in their own right, once she's seen them as 3D humans, then she can see that, oh, they can't hurt me. I hurt me. They didn't hurt me. Agent Orange was just a myth. And that's what I think she's saying with these strange quotes. But that's my perception of the song now. Looking at it 22 years later, forcing myself to have to decide what it's about and why it's on the album and why it's not Samurai or Toodles or whatever. I actually think that is very astute and lovely. And I quite like that. And I really like her use of the word transmuting in this quote, talking about the song too. And kind of like, okay, like you've been in pain. You can only be in your pain and in your victimhood for so long. Like kind of what are you going to do with it? Are you going to take that experience and grow from it? Or are you going to stay in that place? So I think that's kind of... Transmuting the chemical effect? Yeah. 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 And that's, I kind of tie that back to Cotylite Sneeze too. Oh, yeah. When she was, you know, like infected or mm-hmm. sickened right. by like something. Like he was actually not the flu. He was just a hachu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or malaria, depending on which or, day you yeah. ask her. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. So what do you think about this song famously is about Joel, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that link to Joel? On some level, I have to believe that there is a shift here, the way that she's holding men and thinking about men and the way they're showing up on this album. So um, if anything, the shift might be tied into him here because this is a a very masculine presence who she has a positive associations with. And he's also like literally a protector. Right. I agree with that a thousand Mm -hmm. percent. She says here too, this is a quote from Time Out, On December 20th, 1995, she says, well, for the past 2,000 years, we, the women, were the Mona Lisas. We were the ones encouraging the T.S. Eliots, but we were not acknowledged as the forces themselves. Only this century has it turned around. It's it's interesting for men to be the muses. In my experience, they found it thrilling, disturbing, and sometimes threatening. So that's why I'm sad we don't have Joel on, because I was going to ask him which one he was. I do in this, you know, I like the idea of Joel as a muse. After we've moved through our blood roses mm-hmm. and our cotylite sneezes, now we have this chiseled 
bodybuilding right. protector, this golden god. <laughs> right. I love what you said too about that he was the protect. It was a man that she had a positive relationship with, mm-hmm. purely positive. Right. He was there to protect her, sort of this archetype that she can lean on to change her perspective. Mm-hmm. She has to have a positive association with a man here, yeah. and she's chosen Joel, I think, for that reason. Mm-hmm. I think you're right. <laughs> Obviously, they didn't have a romantic relationship. Um, in some small way, too, maybe this is just a way of saying, like, hey, there are there are good ones out there. I like that. I like that a lot. Shall we read another quote? Yeah. We want to read the one from Musician Magazine, May 1996. It's long. Let's take it in shifts. Okay. You take the morning shift. Okay. From Musician Magazine, May 1996. There's one called Agent Orange. Naturally, if we're talking about the boy-girl matrix, there's going to be a war zone at some point in our story. It's kind of been a war zone from early on in the record. As the record goes on and on and on and on, laugh, (laughs) the vulnerability starts coming. Then you start sleeping with one of the lieutenants from the other side because you ended up at a country village and you forgot that you were on different sides. You know how it is when war begins. The strangest, craziest things begin to happen. That's when we start moving into something else with that break on the record after Jupiter with Amsterdam and Tallulah. Now we're in the south, that whole smell and taste. And we go into Agent Orange. If we're going to have a war, we have to bring warfare in. I decided to make him a bodybuilder because that memory has to transmute also the skin to become like Tango, the idea of Tang, or the idea of Orangina, an orange muscle secret agent who we love. And I think that only supports what we just said, that she has to have a man that she loves and who better than the protector, mm-hmm. this idea of the protector. And giving the song title something that vicious, but it's a sweet man. I think that's great. And, and in looking at it, interestingly complex in a way. And where she says that memory has to transmute also the skin. In one of the quotes about Little Amsterdam, she's talking about how she was on tour and all these stories were seeping into her skin. Mm. So I kind of like this visual now of at this mm. point in the album, all of these stories, all of these experiences are almost like tattooed or like woven through her skin. And she's like, she's had enough and she's just going to turn it all into tang. <laughs> <laughs> turn that whiskey into rain. Right. Um, good. Continuing on the quote from Musician Magazine, Tori says, That song, Agent Orange, is the one o'clock cabaret moment where you've had a couple of amarettos on the rocks and there's just a sadness. But you know that sadness when you know your relationship is over and you're still alive? You know that you're not dead. You've got all your body parts. You're all there. You've got a date. He's got a new love. And you go on with it. Yeah. I love that. And I can absolutely hear that in this song, that one o'clock cabaret mm-hmm. moment. I can see Tori back in her old piano bar days mm-hmm. with the snifter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just put five bucks in the snifter, baby. Or whatever she says. That's absolutely what this song sounds like to me. She really captured that. So, yeah. 20 years later, Tori talked about the song. In the liner notes of the deluxe edition... Is written, the title of this track obviously refers to the toxic chemical used during the Vietnam War, but Amos says there was also a personal dimension. She says, it's an homage to somebody who, in the early days of tanning, was a beautiful shade of orange. Oh, period. I miss Joel. <laughs> He's still out Joel? there. I know, but I miss having him on tour. He was gruff but lovable. I do. He was, you know, one of the faces you expected to see, and he was really part of the whole experience yeah. for sure. I don't know if you followed tour all night, but do you remember the frenzy when she got a new bodyguard whose name we thought was Joel? We got some misinformation that oh. name was Joel. <laughs> and we're like, what? He's back. It was so exciting Joel's for a back. minute. Oh. 
Why don't you read that quote from B-Side? This quote is from B-Side Magazine, May, June, 96. I'm going to be sad when we're no longer quoting B-Side Magazine from May, June, 96. When yeah, we move on to Choir that. Girl. Oh, no. Then, of course, in the record, we move into a whole other moment. Of course. <laughs> then, of course, in the record, we move into a whole other moment. Not the Red Baron is the moment of compassion for all the men on the record. It's where I could see their planes crashing. I could see that they have a side, too. And if their planes would crash, I started to gain compassion for their side of it. But I'm still acknowledging the war with Agent Orange, the idea of the war. Again with the war. Well, do you see the war now? Yeah. My whole life is a war. <laughs> From Vanity Fair, on 16th of November, 2016, she said, She's used as a poison and as a killing gas. And now people are painting themselves in tanning lotion to turn a different shade. And a lot of times on TV, it looks orange. It's fascinating to me that on one hand, she can be something you're running from. And on the other hand, just the word orange, it's something you're paying money to submerge yourself in. Now I think she could be somebody that just gives people tans. She just sprays them with orange if they'd like that. So when she says she, she's talking about the song. The song. Yeah. Because Agent Orange is clearly a male character yeah. in the song. Oh, I think she's, yeah. I think she's talking about the song. That I, I don't think I read it or did it justice, but I think when she's saying, now I think she could just be somebody that gives people tans. Like yeah. then she was about war in 96, but now she's probably working in a tanning booth somewhere. Yeah. She's happy. She's living a life. She's good. And that's how this whole Vanity Fair article was written for this Paley anniversary, right? Wasn't yeah, it like, where, where, are they now? where are they now? Yeah. <laughs> she's basically like, donut song's fat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's let herself go. She sure has. Yeah. Do you think she'll come to the reunion? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I have one more quote from you, and this is not necessarily about Agent Orange, but I think it fits here. And this is from the Georgia Strait, July 1996. Honestly, though, I've never thought of it as a job. Of course, getting from one place to another and eating as much bran as you can, that's work. You can get a little loopy when you're never in one place, but it teaches you some amazing things when you meet all kinds of people. In the past, I was always a person who didn't speak up for myself. I didn't know how to say no to anyone. So then what would happen was that I could get pushed so far into the corner, I'd become a Doberman. Being on the road forces me to speak up. You find new personalities, meet new friends, make mistakes, and have some old ideas broken down. The idea of breaking down old ideas transmuting the way you relate. I have a hard time believing Tori could never say no to anyone. This was written in 96, and she's reflecting like 10 years and 8 to 10 years when she couldn't say no to why can't Tori read that. She's right accurate. She couldn't say no to anyone. <laughs> Joe Ciccarelli, you want to do what? Let's do it. Okay. I think it's time to go to the line by line. I, yeah. This is going to be hysterical. Oh, my God. Okay, We're just going to stare go. at each other blankly okay. and then play Ian to cover. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here we go. Gotta tell you... What I heard from Agent Orange. Okay, well, if we're being literal, Agent Orange was a powerful herbicide used by U.S. military forces during the Vietnam War to eliminate forest cover and crops for North Vietnamese and Viet Cong troops. The U.S. program, codenamed Operation Ranch Hand, sprayed more than 20 million gallons of various herbicides over Vietnam, Cambodia, and Laos from 1961 to 1971. That's your American government, ladies and gentlemen. Agent Orange, which contained the deadly chemical dioxin, was the most commonly used herbicide. It was later proven to cause serious health issues, including cancer, birth defects, rashes, and severe psychological and neurological problems among the Vietnamese people, as well as among returning U.S. servicemen and their families. So that's like the literal what Agent Orange is, chemical warfare. But she instantly personifies it as a person. In the very first, like, uh, with the mention of it, it's a person, 
right? She's heard something from Agent Orange. Mm-hmm. She's got to tell you. You're never going to believe this. You ne- can't yeah. hold it in any longer. Right. I've been waiting for 13 and a half, if you count Beauty Queen, 13 and a half tracks to tell you. And here it is. Mr. Suntan. Mr. Mr. Suntan. So, dude by the beach, mm-hmm. right? Possibly in a mankini. Possibly not. Bronzed and oiled. <laughs> Bronzed I can and see oiled. it. I yeah. can see it, Mr. Suntan. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Happy Man. He's happy. Nothing to see here, folks. Really, we have to address the ridiculousness of doing a line by line for this song. Sometimes it's ridiculous to try to make sense of the things that are that she's saying. I have never once felt that way. Now Until... I'm humiliated. <laughs> David's running out of the house screaming. I should have been ashamed all along. Normally, I'm really good at that. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. I know the girls on all the world tours. It's obviously Joel here because he knows the girls on all the world tours. Rubbing elbows with the fans. Exactly. Like he's the gatekeeper, right? Mm -hmm. Mr. Agent, yes, he's my favorite. Do you think Steve Sanchez would have been upset that she called Joel her favorite? They were really quite the pair. They really were. Yeah. Joel and Steve, the best. They were great. That really was the best They put time. up with so much. No, you guys, you guys don't understand. Like the, Those of you who didn't have the opportunity to get to know Joel and Steve as a pair, we later had Smitty, and of course Smitty in 05, came in 05, and he's great. Smitty's fantastic. Um, then we had Mindy. Mindy's fantastic. Joel and Steve, though, the combination of Joel and Steve, they were both these really... Not smiley men. Gruff. Gruff. Yeah. Strong No nonsense. Corralling people in fairy wings. Right. It was great. And here's the thing is like they had gruff exteriors, but they were sweethearts and they were really kind. You'd expect them to be mocking you if you were crying. You know, you have this moment with Tori, you're holding her hand, she's holding your hand, you're talking to her and you're crying, you're bawling your eyes out. And you look over and there's Joel, but he's not mocking you. You know what I mean? He's not like rolling his eyes at you. He's just, I don't know. There was something safe about him. Safe is a good word. About the both of them. I think he genuinely respected Tori and the Mm -hmm. relationship she had with her fans. So, And I miss them. I miss that pair. Me too. And I think they were having way more fun than they would ever Ever willingly admit. (laughs) Yes. But I think they really liked um, the fact that there were familiar faces. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Especially if they knew that you could joke with them or that you just weren't going to cause them any problems. I think they really appreciated that. And those were such long tours Mm -hmm. that I imagine really had to wear on them. I think they actually liked interacting with the same people um, from time to time. Never would call you a friend, but... Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) But he would let you out of the barricade to use the bathroom. Right. (laughs) Sometimes that's enough. Thanks, Joel and Steve. I have a story about Steve when the first time I actually got to go backstage... So I was very excited. I had talked to Tori many times before, but I was very... The backstage at that time was guaranteed an extra five minutes at least, you know, and like her full attention and like God knows what could happen back there. And, you know, I, there were so many things that have had, had happened. I don't know. So and I was super nervous. I was dressed up and me and Steve had already kind of shot the breeze about New Mexico because he's from New Mexico and mm-hmm. I was from New Mexico and he kind of knew me as... That's how he kind of knew me. And so <laughs> we're standing... I think we're on the stage. I think we're literally like on the wings of the stage waiting to be ushered towards the back, right? And he's like counting the people and getting everybody ready. And then he's like, I can't remember the exact quote, but it was like, don't worry, New Mexico, you got this. And it was like, it gave me a little courage, you know? Like, it ain't no big deal, New Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you're fine. 
And that made me feel good. That's adorable. So these like guys... S- sweat streaming down. Uh, no, I thank God I wasn't sweating it, but it was in the middle of December, goddamn. And they don't understand He's got palm oil fans Okay, what what's a palm oil fan? You want to talk about that? Well, there are a couple ways we could go with this. I know this is probably not at all what she's actually... Um, singing about but i think of like literal not literal but fans like when you're a fan of something like maybe this guy has his own groupies Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and palm oil definitely makes me think of you know like suntan lotion Mm -hmm. all lathered up and glistening (laughs) with the glow of exertion i don't know and girls kind of fawning over you i don't really think that's what's going on here but i like it (laughs) okay that's one way and what's the other way a fan but a palm oil fan or just like a palm tree frond. Like a palm frond that you fan. Could wave. Yeah, palm frond. <laughs> I prefer the f- groupies. It's got palm oil mm-hmm. fans. But I do like the idea of like the slippery palm oil just makes you feel like s- slick and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Not in a bad way. It could be a bad thing. It could be duplicitous, slick, but I don't feel like it's bad here. You slick willy. Yes, he's down and there and everywhere so he knows all the girls on all the world tours he's everywhere he's here he's there he's up he's down he's turning that light off mr joel got his fingers in a lot of pies right <laughs> he's good I think here's where it gets a little twisted on the lyrics. I think she's just making stuff up as she goes. I but know. This is where we really mm-hmm. have I to reject, question I reject <laughs> the, the accuracy of these lyrics. Yes. He's got an A to Z, an underwater city where he swims and swims. I only agree with underwater city. And I think that's where she recovers it. Uh-huh. I think that she's just mouthing sounds. Yeah. Let's, 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 let's break it down. He's I hear almost like he's getting down to beat that underwater city. I definitely hear to beat that. I don't hear anything resembling A to Z. To me, it's nonsensical. I think she's vocalizing like she does, you know. Here she's like, no, she's healing the song and I've got no idea what to say. That's what I think it is. Whatever. I don't care. (laughs) Judge me if you want. I think, no, I think you're right. And I mean, this song is very jazzy, you might say. Um, Are we going to do a musical portion? Well, Well, let's do that with our wind down with Paul Roy. Okay. But I really love the piano right there. That's like boom, 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 boom. That kind of bubbles uh, under. Snap, That's, a snap, a snap. Yeah, you yeah. can see someone, you know, with Pocket like the upright bass. And, yeah. kind of <laughs> <laughs> David thinks you could see him do his upright bass impression. That's how powerful my performance was. Right, it came through your earbuds. <laughs> uh, I wish it had because it was beautiful. <laughs> he just manifested this upright bass from out of nowhere and plucked it. <laughs> <laughs> little finger picking (laughs) he's doing it again i'll get a picture of it for the instagram which is at songs of tori amos in case you want to follow us whatever um but yeah i think it's just a placeholder like 
No okay. big deal. And that's why I feel ridiculous sometimes analyzing things like this. There are some people who think that in the lyrics, in the studio version, she's saying he's getting in too deep in the underwater city where she swims and swims. And I, I like that. That's a little bit more evocative to me. He's uh, but this song's a beast and I need a drink. Let's wind down with Paul Roy, shall we? You know, everybody needs a good bottle of wine and some depressing songs every once in a while. Truer words have never been spoke, am I right? Mm. Hi, Paul Roy. Hello, boys. How's that water, David? <laughs> as good as ever. David, he is straight edge. I like it. Room temperature. <laughs> Tepid. <No> ice. <laughs> Hi, Paul Roy. We're back for another edition of Wine Down with Paul Roy. Hello. How's the wine today? Strikingly similar to the one from before. Well, I only drink Apothic, and this week we're experiencing a delicious 2016 bottle. <laughs> a good year. Of <laughs> Apothic Crush. We should start bottling our own drive all night wine. We could just print a label. And Strong just... black wine. Strong oh. black wine. Paul Roy, you've just given me a million dollar idea. We're going to stomp our own grapes and make strong black wine. (laughs) (laughs) So we're here to discuss Agent Orange. Truth be told, Paul Roy doesn't seem to know anything about this song, right? It's not a song I think about very regularly, no. So what do you, when you irregularly think about Agent Orange, what do you think about? Joel. Joel, right? Yeah. Yeah. But who doesn't? It's about Joel. When you think about Joel, do you think about Agent Orange? When I think about Joel, I think of the free tickets you gave me mostly, but that's Aww. about it. That's what we want to ask him, like how he chose who were the worthy people for the tickets. Pity. I think it was all pity. Because <laughs> he always went with the Twink Boys. Uh, that, that was me back in the day. That so. was you. Well, that's you still in the day. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you. You haven't really filled out yet, Paul Roy. <laughs> I want to bring up a question to you boys. Why do you suppose... As life progressed from 1996, Agent Orange became sort of a, an expected song in 2017 with the Trump presidency and his orange skin and everybody talking about his orange face, his fat orange ugly face. Why do you suppose... Agent of a foreign government, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Why do you suppose she didn't pull the song out at all? You know she loves a political moment. Toodles Mr. Lot. Toodles Mr. Lot, she yeah. She loves to turn something into something it never meant to begin with. So why don't you think she did Agent Orange and then in that improv... Why didn't you think she turned it into like some political rant? Maybe she just didn't need the negativity. You know what I mean? I mean, oh, yeah, invoking it was about that tour was about healing. Yeah, you you don't need to bring the audience down with Trump. You know what I mean? But she pulled down the fake Muse Network sign. Well, that's true, I suppose. <laughs> she should have opened every fake Muse with Agent Orange. She sort of vowed to never reference him directly, though. So that probably would have been too close. Not on her Twitter when she wrote directly, "Fuck you, Trump." Do you remember? Well, that, that was Tosh. I bet. Tosh's like, shit, I'm logged into mom's account. Or Karen Binns. Or Karen Binns yeah. is like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Go home, Karen, you're drunk. <laughs> you, you know, speaking of like political songs, which she rarely, really does, like, you know, looking into future podcast episodes, like Yo George, like mm-hmm. talk about a song she can really never do again. Yeah. I mean, that's not well, going to come up. She, some people thought she was going to do Yo George as a Yo Trump or Yo Don or something on the 2017 tour. Some uh, people did think I'm that. Glad that didn't happen. Well, I I don't know if I'm glad. I mean, it could have been cool, but a lot of people, not a lot of people, but a few people put that on the want, wills and wants on that first show in Cork. So I knew people were thinking that it was going to happen. A lot of people put Agent Orange on the wills and wants in America. Why do you think she misses these political moments sometimes, but doesn't always? She lifts a lamp in Scarlet. Is that a political moment or yeah. just like a literal interpretation well, moment? <laughs> well, you're right, maybe. I think sometimes she continues to show good judgment, and this is one of those times. Uh, Well, that's not what I think. I think it's because 
Agent Orange is about someone she loves. Joel, I mean, if, yeah. yeah. And so she has fondness with that song, or at least that song is written for someone she's fond of. So to turn it into a song about someone she's not fond of. No, I think you're right. I, I think you're 100% agree with that. She has okay. a positive association with the song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wouldn't want to unnecessarily twist it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to hear that I was right. Because last week when Paul Roy was on our show, <laughs> I lost, shockingly, in a round of Guess the Incantational Songs of Tori Amos' Catalog, <laughs> which is a game I never joined in the first place. Huh? I mean, it seemed like a sure thing I, I, with that category. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any games for us today, Paul Roy? I, I don't really have any games today. Um, I do have a little thought about Agent Orange, though. It's actually kind of a hard song to play um, because it's it's a little bit unique to her catalog. There are chords that she never... I can't personally just sit down and, and just like plonk it out like the way I can other songs because it's so different from some of her other work. Like, can you think of a song piano wise like that of hers that kind of has that vibe and those chords and the revolution? Not, no, not so much. That fits in her catalog. Fine. <laughs> Programmable soda. I think you're hitting the wine a little bit too hard. I you're think I might your be. Seat. Would you call it album. jazzy? Yeah, I would. Okay. Yeah, and that's her music is not jazzy, and so that's why it's based on. Um. Dun, 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 dun. That first chord is so jazzy. That first chord is like the jazz standard. That is jazz, like with the snare, with the drum. That is. Well, you're looking at me like I'm drunk and crazy. (laughs) You're looking. Your your eyes are telling me go home. I'm home. I'm actually listening to what you're saying and thinking about. So I'm not used to it. I didn't know the expression on your face. You're not used to someone being so present. (laughs) I'm not. So what is there to say about this song? I'm not clearly nothing because we're talking about other things. Paul Roy, I have to address some feedback that we've gotten from your last appearance on Uh this show, which was last time on uh, Not the Red Baron. We've received some. Nasty tweets about what you said, how the song, uh, Not the Red Baron, how it meant nothing. Would you like to clarify your original sentiment? Well, I want to know who wrote those tweets, first well, of all. most but... of them came from me. <laughs> I tweeted at us. Um, I, d- I still don't think it has much significance. <laughs> You've had a be... whole week to think about this. I think she just made it up on the spot, and we could search for meaning in that song, but I don't... Do we really need it? It's beautiful. Well, to follow that logic, okay, she has stated in interviews and press that Not the Red Baron meant something. So are you thinking then that she just played what came to her. It pl- she plucked it out on the spot, as you said, and then went back and listened to what she said and was like, okay, how do I fit this in thematically on the album? I don't know if it's that she is trying to like shoehorn it into the album, but I think maybe she developed some significance for it quite later. But in the spot, it was um, freeform consciousness. So like, yes, there's meaning to it. But in that moment, I think it was just, this is what's coming out of me right now. And then she kind of pieced it together. Because if you think about it, like she's engrossed in this whole like album creation process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that improv is influenced by what she was working on. And What do you think the relationship is from Not the Red Baron into Agent Orange? The, the war themes, because we've talked about this, the idea of a fighter pilot, Red Baron being the Red Baron being a World War One fighter pilot who was the ace of aces, you know, could fly a plane, and then Agent Orange being about a person that she loves, but with a title about chemical warfare. What's the correlation? You're asking the wrong person here because I'm a reductionist about her music. Like I, I don't tend to think about because I don't hear those lyrics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So those aren't lyrics; those are song titles. But it's fine. <laughs> My bad. Go continue. <laughs> I just, I just don't analyze it in that that regard because it's just not how I 
connect to her music. So I, I don't know. I'm not trying to be like contrarian or dismissive. It's just no, it's no not. good. Uh, do you have to play? And this is an honest question. Mm-hmm. Do you when you get an album like, for example, Native Invader, when yeah. you got Native Invader, are you drawn to a song? And you're like, oh, I like Reindeer King. Let me play it on the piano. And then you understand it. 100 percent. that's how i relate to it so you do play them like when you hear them then you get the sheet or you figure it out or what do you do yanta yanta oh god yeah yanta please support yanta i sometimes forget to say this i don't know why but please support yanta uh patreon.com slash yanta yanta gives paul roy life me and paul roy have talked about yanta yanta is so there's a there's a lot of transcriptions out there of songs there's stuff that's been out there but what yanta does becomes the gold standard mm-hmm. like it's just what you go with like he's fantastic my goal in life is to connect you and yanta we are connected we speak regularly he's on the delightful. phone no 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 my goal in life is to connect you on the phone <laughs> and to be there for that recording it like oprah aim high that's all i want in this world um well paul roy this has been an excellent edition of wine down do you have anything else you'd like to say about agent orange i don't have anything that i think about agent orange so i guess that's a no david powerful powerful stuff (laughs) do you have anything you'd like to say about us drinking wine while you sit there and drink water mockingly at us i'm a coke zero (laughs) (laughs) for our next edition of wine down we'll be drinking coke zero with david (laughs) Um, coke zero point he's good at these titles Okay, so we'll have an edition of Coke Zero Point sometime in the future. I guess Wine Down's coming to a close, though. Yeah, you're talking. Two episodes and then it's done. <laughs> Paul Roy, it's always a pleasure. Thank you for coming back to defend your statement for the Thread Baron <laughs> and for giving us nothing to work with on Agent Orange. My pleasure. <laughs> All right, talk to you again. Bye. Bye. Here's Yanta's cover of Agent Orange. Boys for Pele, boys for Pele, boys for Pele, baby. So I'm a pretty lousy acapella singer, but there's one song that whenever I'm just sitting around at work or just doing something absent-minded that comes to mind to sing, and it's always Agent Orange. Something about this song is just so pleasant to write along with, and especially to sing it, there's this certain feeling of playlight exploration with sort of an acknowledgement of other things that have happened, but at the moment we're just kind of here to sing. And I think that's very much the energy that's meant to be presented through this song. I also didn't know until actually earlier this year what Agent Orange actually was the chemical substance. I was talking to a friend in my study abroad program when she had mentioned it, and she talked about it, and I had no 
idea what Agent Orange actually was. I only knew it in terms of the song as this tan, muscly, kind of secret agent, funny man for us to follow along. And to hear that part definitely contextualized it better for me. This idea of taking this kind of atrocity of war and being able to acknowledge that which has happened with it and attempt to move forward and try to placate these tragedies into some form of maybe jovialness we can use to carry us forward in terms of the album taking the suffering and burning of Not the Red Baron and then turning it lighthearted to lead us into Donut Song I think is an incredibly important and necessary move for the continued growth of the album. Hey everybody, you're listening to Don't Be Afraid of Your Dreams, the podcast where we talk about the movies we love and the monsters we all face. I'm your host, David Anderson, and I've got a question for you. What's your favorite scary movie? If you paused dramatically, leaned in and whispered, my life, you are in the right place. You and Patrick Dempsey. The way that I try to make sense of the human experience is through horror. It's my genre of choice, the language that I speak, and the lens through which I see the world. You know, sometimes all we need to hear is that someone else knows how we feel and has survived the same thing we're going through. And maybe they could even tell us how they did it. So on this show, we're going to tell our stories, talk about our favorite movies, and figure out how horror can help us face our monsters together. This is not necessarily a show about film history or the technical merits of a particular movie. I want to get personal. I want to know why you love what you love and explore why certain material sticks with us and weaves its way through our lives. I think there's a lot to learn from all the final girls, telekinetic basket cases, and undead outsiders in these movies. Every last one of them. So let's dive in together. Don't forget that you are the hero of your own life story. I'm going to be there with you to shine a light on the deep dark places and remind you that as scary as being on this planet can sometimes feel, don't be afraid of your dreams. I hope you stick around. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back, and I'm here with Daniel Christopher Thomas, who I met on tour, but I've known him since we did the Purple Rain episode, our Prince tribute episode. Go back and listen to that. He's a Tori Amos fan and a Prince fan. Hi, Daniel. Hello. How are you? Good to hear from you. I'm cold in Seattle. Sounds lovely. <laughs> um, I had no idea your love for Agent Orange, and I'm desperate to know why. First, tell everybody, I, I know this story, but first tell everybody again, remind people how you came to Tori's music. Um, I actually, there was a friend that I worked with in early 92, and I thought she was a really cool girl. I, I just really wanted to learn all her music, and she had knew all these bands that I didn't know. And she said, you really should listen to this new artist, Tori Amos. And I had no idea who she was talking about. And I honestly checked out the video because she said there's she has stark red hair and her video has been playing on VH1. And I kind of did it just because I wanted to talk to her about her music. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how interested I was in it. And then I actually got to see the full length video for Silent All These Years. And I bought the I bought the cassette that after seeing the video for our friends out there our collector friends and members of the collectory on facebook um do you still have that cassette i do not have that cassette it actually snapped oh no 
it was one of those cassettes that you play so much that it just got the sound got really garbled and then it just snapped. So then I bought the CD. Oh, okay, you you moved on up. Yes, it got buried and like set to see because that was like a landmark thing. But I do not have the cassette anymore. What is it about Agent Orange? Now, Agent Orange is, um, in my opinion, the most one of the most impenetrable songs on the album, just because you can't understand what she's saying, or can you? Well, the biggest thing about where Agent Orange fits into the track listing is that with Mr. Zebra and Agent Orange, there are very few places where you can take a breather because that album is so heavy. Mm-hmm, it's, mm-hmm. it's either very angry or very sad. There's always such a deep emotion to it. And Agent Orange is one of the pauses that you take where I feel like if you look at what played before, which was not the Red Baron, and it's about really feeling for my partner, my ex-partner. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of, you know, the whole interlude thing, it kind of changes the subject. So you need like that, that bridge and agent orange is the bridge that says, I'm going to take a breather and look at this guy. That's my friend because it's on based on Joel. So there's obviously someone she knew well, but she knew in a different capacity than right. her relationship. Right. And so she kind of takes a minute to make, Kind of make fun in like the way you make fun of your best friend. Oh, okay, yeah. And so it says like, I know I'm talking about this guy that I just broke up with. I'm gonna eviscerate him in Donut Song. I'm really gonna like stick it to him. So I'm gonna take a minute to not only hold off and not be so mean right now, but also I just want to talk about someone that I know as a friend and I don't consider. It sounds like to me that Joel wasn't someone that she considered a man that she, you know, she talked about stealing fire from other men, mm-hmm. that she didn't honor her own power. So she went to other men and took their power for her own. And it sounded like she was pausing and saying, I know that you're listening to this album and I know that either you've gone through a breakup or you will. And I want you when you're taking that moment, when you're breaking up with someone, you hate them so much. I want you to look around you and say, it wasn't always like this. And that Agent Orange is that person that no matter how long you've known them or no matter how many ups and downs you've had, they're always there for you. And they're kind of, they're so much, so they're so close to you that you can even make fun of their orange skin. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of like taking a minute and saying, I, a breather. it's just refreshing. It's a breather. And it really reminds me kind of the music and the way she sings it. Um, it kind of reminds me of, I always get the picture of Sally Bowles in Cabaret. That's Sally Bowles, of course, played by the incomparable Liza Minnelli. <laughs> yes, um, This is her, so that you're, you think this is Tori's Liza moment. Just like a I little, think so. Like a little fun. I, that's kind of what me and David came to as well. Uh, the idea that she is eviscerating, you know, these men that she's stolen fire from. But Joel seems to have this place of... Uh, he's a friend and she's never needed anything from him emotionally. She's never taken from him emotionally that he is kind of a marker for the good guy. You know, that there is a good guy that, that you can still, even though she's torn apart all these men and continues to do so throughout the rest of the album, there's still this good guy that, that you can rely on. Yeah. And also if you were to maybe see Joel on the street, I I can't quite remember what he looks like. I know, he did have like muscles and orange skin, right? That's what he, he kind of muscles and his beautiful tan skin and his beautiful platinum blonde hair and sunglasses and a hard yeah. scowl. So if you, th- if you think about 
you know, who is like the arch? Who is that that guy? Like, if you think about a bodybuilder on the beach, and you have those really puffy pants. I think on. I've always been looking for my own Joel. <laughs> we all are. Aren't I we? think that's always because yeah, everyone needs a Joel. Everyone needs an orange skin Joel. A man who's going to protect you and not take your fire. Ugh. Yeah, you know, if you if you think about it, like the way that she presents him and the way that he was, that's kind of like the really like stereotypical silly bodybuilder, like kind of dumb, like really obsessed with their muscles. Yeah. Like, but she's actually taking that archetype and saying like, I really love him though. I know a man, I'm sexual and he's sexual. And that doesn't have to come together for us to understand that we're complete beings. Mm-hmm. And he's male and he's straight and he's, you know, we could have very well been in a relationship, but this is what we have. And I really appreciate that. I love that. Is this your favorite song on the album or is it just this a song you really appreciate? What's your relationship to the song as a, as a track on the album? It's a really important part of the album and I really like hearing it, but it's not one that comes to mind when I say my favorite on okay. Voice for Pele. Well, I'm glad we still had you on anyway because you have this really great perspective on it. Sorry, what I love about um, the song so much and why I think it's so unique is because it's something that she hasn't really revisited offhand. I can't think of a song where she's talking about a man in a way that's saying, um, we get each other. Right. I don't want to say that we're equals because that sounds like one has to be about the other. And that's not what I mean. Right. Like we're counterparts. Yeah. She doesn't talk about men being counterparts with her much. And this is really the only moment. So when I think about Tori's growth through her music and Mm. when I think about, what what who was Tori at Boys for Pelly and who is she now? I think Agent Orange was the beginning of saying, if I'm gonna have a different relationship with men, then this is the type of friendship that I need to look for in a man. Because it exists because I have it. I have it even though I'm going through this breakup. It's like when you go through a tragic breakup and Lord knows I've been there. Um, you always <laughs> look to your friends, you know, and she's a guy's girl. And yeah. so you look to your friends for comfort in your breakups. And I think that I really like that she honors him here in this particular moment. You know, after going through it, after Hey Jupiter, before going through it again with Donut Song, that there's a, that like, you're right, a brief pause. Yeah. So that's why that song is so special. Because I see toward, even now, like I was, I would have been 23 when Voice for Pelly came out. So now when I look back, at the person that I was in 1996 and who I am now and the person she was in 1996 and who she is now, I've always said, you know, the, the relationship that I have with artist music, especially Tori Amos, I've never had a romantic relationship last that long. And I have very few friendships that have lasted that long. So the evolution of myself comes through in music. And so I always look to Agent Orange to say, you know, I know you're going through something, but you have to really appreciate what you have and really appreciate for what it is. You don't have to make it anything else. When I think back at the person I was in 1996, my God, it's like very cringeworthy. <laughs> and that's the thing. Could you imagine putting that on record? No, never. I can't even look at the photos. Me there with a the gun on the porch. I can't look at it. <laughs> I know and that chicken. I know. What would oh. people say about that chicken hanging? I know. And when I was breastfeeding the pig, it's so embarrassing. Oh, my God. I know. My dad has that on his mantle. It's just humiliating. 
Daniel, it's been a pleasure. Go back and listen to Seattle Tour All Night, and you can hear Daniel again. You go back and listen to our Prince tribute episode, Purple Rain. You can hear Daniel there as well. And, of course, we'll have you on at some point during the From the Choir Girl Hotel season as well. And then 2020 Tour. Oh, it's all happening for everybody. I can't wait. Oh, it's going to be a blast. And even though he's a team verb, he's still a friend of the show. (laughs) We are open to all. Maybe. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Anyway, Daniel, thank you for being on the show, and we'll talk again. My pleasure. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. Of course, that was just a small part of a longer interview. To hear the full interview, head over to patreon.com slash songs of Tori Amos, where you have complete access to our archive of raw, unedited interviews and outtakes from a lot of different shows, including this one. For right now, here's a cover of Agent Orange by a man named Aram. We'll link to it in our show notes, which you can find at songsoftoriamus.com. We're back. Thank you for listening. We've gotten through one of the most difficult songs we've done to date, and we're here at the live section. We're going to start with the total number of times Tori Amos has played Agent Orange in her career, and that is six times. Question mark? Possibly, Possibly five. five. Why don't we know? Because there's one that does that's on a bootleg or says that she was played that night, but the bootleg mysteriously doesn't include that one song, and so some people doubt that it was even played that night. Oh, my God. And that happens to be the first time she ever supposedly played the song, which was on March 5th in Newcastle. Now, there is a recording of this show, but for some reason, Agent Orange is not on the recording, along with a few other songs. But um, I can't believe we were still in the dark ages in I, 1996 where we have incomplete set lists. Um, some people believe, including very capable, wise Tory fans, Lisa Ridlon, Shay Steinmack, believe it might not have even been played that night because no anything re- exists and there's no like record of it. No one was like, oh my God, and she did Agent Orange. Like, there's nothing about it. What a campfire it's tale. Just, right. Some people believe Agent <laughs> Orange never appeared that night, but you can still hear it echoing off the hills. So we can't play it from March 5th in Newcastle because we're not sure if she played it. And if she did play it, there's no recording of it. Mm. But she also did play it in Ann Arbor, Michigan on the 27th of September. And you want to hear that one? No. 
Well, fine. Then you won't I don't hear like it. listening to things that don't exist. <laughs> David looked ahead in the notes. He actually flipped the page to see if he wanted to listen to it or not. <laughs> and there's no recording. That show was not recorded either. Sorry, 96 Agent Orange. Shall we move on to Plugged? All right. Ow! 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 Oh, I feel so plugged in. <laughs> this is from the 28th of October in Louisville, Kentucky. She plays Agent Orange on the piano. Oh, bold <laughs> choice. Bold choice, Tori. Here we go. <laughs> so experimental. Posted to the Dense Setlist and Reviews page from Mike Y. I am still glowing from the wonderful concert Tori did in Louisville, Kentucky. What an honor to have her in my hometown. Tori was in a good and funny mood and did all kinds of cute things on stage. As soon as Tori took the stage, I noticed a purple Teletubby with a bright orange hat sitting close to Tori. The hat had Agent Orange written on it. It was likely one of the Agent Orange hats that were sold during the early part of the Do Drop In Tour in 1996. When Tori sang the rare Agent Orange later during the show, she placed this hat on her head. The song was sung in honor of Joel's birthday. Read the reviews below for more details. From Benjamin Brenner. There was a purple Teletubby on top of one of the speakers into the piano. I was wearing a neon orange hat with Agent Orange written on it. Tori thought about it for a second, then leaned over and put the hat on herself. She then began to play a really jazzed up version of Agent Orange. When she got to the line about palm oil, I remember that she took her right hand and flirtatiously slicked it up the side of her leg. From Allie. After the four or so hour drive and driving around town trying to find this place, we missed the first 20 minutes of the opening band. And according to friends, we didn't miss much. Ha! So during the intermission between the two bands, I'm looking for Danica because I promised Jennifer I'd give her a message and I was seventh row and I'm like, oh geez. And so I was that really annoying taller girl wearing cargo pants and a gray hooded sweatshirt. My hair pulled back into a ponytail. I'm really sorry. I think I pissed the couple off that was sitting behind me. Oh well, anyhow, I couldn't find Danica and so sorry. Agent Orange I didn't recognize at first. I mean, wow, I never knew she had done this before from Kelly Stitzel. One of the best parts of the nights was definitely Agent Orange. 
For those who weren't there and don't know, October 28th was Joel's birthday, so Agent Orange was for him. If you were there but had no idea why she was wearing that cap or what it said, it said Agent Orange, birthday show 98. We all sang to him at the meet and greet and we were having some good fun with him. Even though he probably won't admit it, he loved every minute of it. I was hoping we'd sing happy birthday to him during the show, but Agent Orange was enough. Must be a what is he a Libra? Possibly. Yeah, if it's in October. Zero point Libra. <laughs> oh, maybe he's Nikolai. God, we've uncovered something Jill major. Hopkins. Well, that's the only time she played Unplugged. She played it one time there. So shall we move on? We've really mastered the live section. We're almost <laughs> done. Can you believe well, it? I can't. So exhaustive. Here we are in 1999. I have one of those brand new MP3 things people are talking about. <laughs> you want to hear it? This is Agent Orange in Denver, Colorado on October 11th. And here's what's weird about this show. Now, she doesn't improv during the show. She gets mad because there's a light on up in the in the in the walkway and there's a whole improv and just listen. And a lot of and she follows it with an improv called He Wears Heels that a lot of people think is about Joel. But I don't know if it's about Joel, but maybe it is about Joel. This is the improv and then we're going to play the Agent Orange from that same show. Here's Agent Orange from that same show. Again, October 11th, Denver, Colorado. Let me tell you what I heard from Agent Orange. Mr. Agent, he's my favorite. 
lovely. And that's why people think it's about Joel, right? He wore, he wears heels because she threw an Agent Orange that night. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to the strange little tour, shall we? Strange. So strange. So strange. Why are tours so strange? This was from the last night of the U.S. tour on the last of two shows. She did an early show and a late show, and I was at both of them, whatever. No big deal. I was there. I was there, too. Last time she did a double header, I think so. Really, I can recall. Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen two shows in one night since then. Yeah, mm-hmm. but she used to do that all the time. I know, especially under the pink. Yeah, she did some under the pink yeah. for sure, but she's a lot more in mm. in '96. Uh, well, should we get? Should we move on to the last time she performed Agent Orange? Mm. So the last time she performed Agent Orange was August 18th in Detroit, Michigan, but unfortunately, we do not have a recording. What is this, the Dark Ages? What is this, 1994? And then she went on to... uh, To never perform it again. To work in a tan salon. Hmm. Do you think anyone has ever asked for this? Yes. 2003? Yes. You do? Yes. Who? You know people are out there wanting the rare songs. Of course there are. That's probably how they ask. Yeah. But... You were a little surprised that she didn't play it on this last tour, Oh, right? get over yourself. I was not. I was surprised that people were expecting her to. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, we've made it to the end. Well, thank you for listening, as always. Uh, especially to this episode. Especially to this episode. You know. <laughs> we appreciate it. You must really love us if you listen to this episode. If you like what we do, please consider supporting us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Songs of Tori Amos. And we're definitely working hard to bring these episodes out more consistently, as you've probably noticed by now. We're really committed. Um, we really just want to get through Pele to give you the experience that you've been longing for. We also have a Instagram and a Twitter and a Facebook, and that's at Songs of Tori Amos on all three. You can find us there. 
Um, if you are so inclined, please head over to iTunes and rate and review us on the iTunes. That would be really helpful. Thank you very, very much. We'd really, really appreciate it. David would really appreciate it. Right, David? More, yeah, more than you know. <laughs> more than you know. <laughs> Especially name drop him. He wants to be name dropped. Head over to our website, songsoftoramus.com, where you can check out our newsletter. Sign up for our newsletter. Um, and I think that's it. I mean, my God, this has been an intimidating episode for, you know, Call Light Sneeze was super intimidating, and then Hey Jupiter was super intimidating, and even Tallulah, but this is intimidating for a whole other reason. And we got through it. We did it. Thank you. Thank you to Shay Simak, who we could not have done this without. What else, David? Do you have any words of wisdom? Um, well, we got to start getting ready for donut songs, so glaze your hole. <laughs> Thank God this is at the end and people have already turned us off. Uh, um, it's that, I'm sorry, it's that one o'clock, one o'clock. <laughs> David. Need out packing. It's that one o'clock cabaret moment where you've had a couple of amarettos on the rocks and you're just yeah. like. Who drinks amaretto on the rocks? No, no. People who glaze their holes. Oh my God. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Drive All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned in this episode, please visit us online at songsoftoriamis.com.